0: Sports stories from the 419 in Northwest Ohio, brought to you by A Voice You Know. It's time to go around the area and around the Hearn. Hello and welcome to a very special edition of Around the Hearn. If you listen to all of the podcasts in this series, you will have heard this a handful of times. And for that, I'd apologize, but it's just the easiest way to do it. I've got a massive undertaking with this series it did this last year and didn't have as many coaches but have been blessed to have uh, so many great coaches be a part of this 45 total interviews where you will hear from uh, girls coaches boys coaches and a, a little bit of a preview of uh, the uh, season which kicked off last night as I'm recording this happy Thanksgiving by the way as my daughter would say gobble 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 But I I really love this series, and I really hope you enjoy it. I hope you reach out to me either on Facebook or on Twitter because it's a labor of love. Uh, 45 coaches are separated like this. Putnam County girls are represented by Glyde's Adam Huber, Vaughn Horseman of Alderville, Sean O'Connor from Fort Jennings, and Ross Ehrman of Miller City. Putnam County boys, Connor Coles from Grove, Mike Lee from Pandora Caboa, Scott Keck from Continental, but one of the only, Keith Utendorf, from Alderville, Ross Kaufman of Miller City, and Ryan Steck-Shorty from Kaleida. Northwest Conference girls, Adam Burris, who's uh, had a big week. He picked up his first win as the head coach of the Bluffton girls. Had a big turnaround, too, because they were outscored in the first half, but held to Corey Ross in just 11 points. Greg Ikus in a decade of Ikus at Spencerville. Aaron Montgomery at Allen East. Kyle Williams from Lincolnview and Mark Gregory from Crestview. NWC boys, we have got Ada's Vince Halliday, Kevin Sensibal from Spencerville, now in his 22nd year, by the way. Gabe Young from Allen East, Jordan Jenninghoff from Delphus Jefferson, Brett Hammonds of Lincoln View, and Doug Etzler from Crestview. Midwest Athletic Conference, Parkway's Dan Williamson, Amy Meyer from Coldwater, Best Drive from Marion Local, Mike Wiss from Minster, and Andy Timmerman from New Bremen. The Midwest Athletic Conference has the entire conference full of coaches. Aaron Ower from St. John's, Travis Swank from Versailles, Doug Hughes from Parkway, Eric Rosenbeck of St. Henry, Nick Fisher from Coldwater, Mike McClurg from Minster, New Breman's Corey Stevens, Kurt Godemiller from Marion Local, and Carson Monger from New Knoxville. Western Buckeye League, Kenton's Ryan Miller, Trey Elkert from Wapak, Matt Tabler from Elida, and Tyson McLaughlin from Ottawa Glendorf. WBL Girls, Hannah Flippo from Van Wert, and Elise Jenkins from Elida. GMC has both Wayne Trace coaches and Jim Linder on the boys and Bethany DeJarnay for the girls. Shelby County, the exact same way for Fort Loramie, Carlos Siegel and Mitch Wester, Heidi, and just for good measure, Anna's Nate Barhorst. Those are the coaches that I was able to uh, spend some time and talk to this week and the last two weeks. And it has been quite literally a uh, huge undertaking, like I said before. So I really hope. That you enjoy it, that you get some entertainment, you get some knowledge, you get some value out of it. I'm really excited about the uh, basketball season starting and the crossover with the state semifinals for football this weekend. And I can't thank the coaches enough for uh, being a part of it. And uh, without further ado, I bring you the 23-24 around the Hearns season basketball preview. Enjoy. Northwest Conference basketball in a place near and dear to my heart with the uh, Bearcats and uh, 22nd year head coach Kevin Sensenball last year coming off an NWC title in a 21 and 3 year. You return four starters, four out of five. I think Meatloaf said that's not bad. Uh, That's a heck of a way to start what I hope is a big campaign for you guys.
1: Yeah, I hope so too. But um, those returning guys are, you know, they're at the heart of it for sure. Now, did all four of them start together? No, not all the time. Carter Seto was a, was an every game starter. Um, Evan Osting started at the beginning of the year, got hurt a little bit, so my son Owen took. You know, he kind of came into the starting lineup there for him. So they both started. Carter Orr didn't really start until the end of the year, but he started. So they all have experience starting, but they all didn't start together. So that's that's where that comes from, but. Um, yeah, we've got a pretty good nucleus coming back. That all, those guys all played huge minutes for us last year, and were really good, com, you know, contributors. So we've got a pretty good nucleus to build around, and we've got some good young guys that are going to go along with them. And we're uh, we're looking forward to it. That's for sure.
0: When we talked last year, I had asked you about how you were going to feel coaching Owen now that now he's a year older, obviously, and you you bring Will in as a freshman, I mean, do you still kind of, that doesn't necessarily sink into you sometimes of, you know, you have all of your kids, you want to treat them all the same way, but you also kind of think about things of, okay, I know maybe I could say this a little bit differently to him than I can say it to say Evan Osteing.
1: Well, yeah, you know, listen, uh, Owen has been really uh, fun to coach because he, allows me to get on him a little bit, you know, (laughs) and he, he takes it pretty well. Um, I was pretty hard on him, even as a freshman last year, and he kind of took it in stride and, and, um, and it made him better, you know, and, and so he's been a pretty good example for his younger brother, but um, coaching them both is interesting. Um, But, you know, like I've said before, I, I, I do my very best to coach them while we're in practice not while we're at home you know so when we get home it's it you know i'm i'm not the coach anymore i try to leave that there at the gym and take care of business while we're at the gym and those two get very separated and i i, I want it to be that way i don't i try not to bring it home but um but yeah they've, they've done a good job both of them are are improving and, and getting better but you know not just those two you know all of our kids are just they are, they have been gym rats they really have uh Evan Osteen and Carter Sutton don't play the fall sport so they were in the weight room and in the gym and they were they were just you know they took advantage of of their time and and they've worked really hard at it and in our know, Carter War and and will play football but they they were both in the gym outside of football and and so We've just got a bunch of kids that like to be in the gym, and and that's kind of uh, and that's kind of a neat thing for a basketball coach. You know, you got a bunch of gym rats, you know, you're gonna be all right.
0: I was just kind of figuring about the uh, sensible boys that uh, every time something goes right, you just kind of look around, and say, you know, someone's dad must have taught them right.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I don't, I don't think too much. You know, I, I that's the weirdest thing is that, you know, at, when you're coaching. You're, you're coaching to, you know, to make this team the best version of itself. And I, you know, you, you kind of have, I mean, I guess you do it naturally, but you kind of have to pull yourself away from who you're coaching. You know, like I'm coaching my kid. That's a really cool thing. I never really thought much about that until the season was over last year. And at that point you, you sit back and reflect a little bit and go, yeah, that was a pretty neat experience, but I can't believe it's over already. You know, his freshman year was over. And so now that, you know, Will's up there playing with us now too, it's it's a pretty neat thing. Um, but I don't really have time to think about them. <laughs> you know, I just don't. We, we worry about getting better and, and what we can do to make ourselves the best version of ourselves. and And, you know, so that doesn't really leave a whole lot of room and time for thinking about my own kids. I just... I, I want them to, just like all the other kids, I want them to do the right thing and play the right way. And as long as we do that, we'll be fine.
0: Well, because it, it's obviously a little bit different. I mean, you guys go through from uh, 2010 to uh, 16 and 17, where you have 14, 15, 16, 18 wins. And then your mm-hmm. kids see kind of up close and personal, the four years where the most you have is eight, that you know they see that ebb and flow and, and they realize kind of what it's going to take to get back to that point 21 wins the last two years of, I would think because I have seen them pretty much their entire life that that made them want to work even harder just to, to be a part of that winning culture again.
1: Yeah. So they've been around kind of, you know, a little bit of everything. They, they were around when we were really pretty good. And then they were, were around for the lean years and, you know, I think it bothered them as much as it bothered me, the lean years. They, they didn't like losing and they didn't like that our team was losing. But, you know, I, I think looking back, I mean, those were difficult years, but they were the most educational years that I've probably ever had as, as a coach. Um, you know, I learned more about, you know, myself and, and I learned that, even though I'd been coaching for a long time, I still had a lot to learn. I mean, it, it was really educational for me and and I think it made me better. And, you know, obviously it made me better probably for my own kids too. So and and they've learned, you know, how much you have to put into it if you want to be good at something. And I think that's a neat thing for them to learn. I think that's a neat thing for any kid to learn. Um but, yeah, I mean, they've definitely seen it all.
0: You guys are in the Absolute Murderer's Row district in Division Three, and in a way I mean that nicely. But last year you had two just absolute knockdown dragout fights with LB and with OG. I mean, obviously you don't come out on the right end of the OG one, but, I mean, how much, if you're being honest, how much fun are those basketball games because – those games, watching those, were about as pure basketball. And I know that the coach part of you would nitpick it. You know, we didn't do this or that, but to just be able to kind of watch that high level of basketball and go, Northwest Ohio's got some ballers, and that's pretty cool.
1: No doubt about it. But those games, those games are the games that you want to be in. You know, that's why you play you know, you play for those moments. I mean, at least I did. That's, I, that's, I just thought, you know, that's the most fun when you have the most people and there's the most at stake. That's just, that's a blast to be a part of those. And it's such a valuable experience for our guys to have had that last year. You know, a lot of those guys are coming back and, and they played big time minutes in those games. Those are, you know, that's, that's hard to replace, right? That's like, That's really good experience for any kid, but like, I, it it makes you hungry too. You want to get back to that. I always tell, and we've always talked about this as a coaching staff that like, we want to play in like games that are incredibly, like we want to be relevant, right? We want to play in the games that are the most meaningful at, at the biggest times. And, you know, getting back to that stage this year to the, you know, hopefully getting to the district finals and have another shot at it. I mean, it would be a neat thing. And that's, that's, like I said, that's what we play for. Unfortunately for, for, in my coaching career, we've not made it past the district finals. We've been there seven times. We've never won that game. So that's the next hurdle we're trying to get past as a program.
0: You look at the start of your season, Your four away games in your first five are pretty much tournament atmospheres. I mean, you take on not only terrific head coaches and for my money, one of the smartest head coaches in the state in Eric Rosenbeck to kick off your year. But you also I mean, you get terrific places to play, but ones that are kind of a pain to try to win at with Elida Crestview and Audeville. That's I mean, you find out how good you are in your first five games.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're definitely going to be tested. We go to St. Henry to open up and they've got everybody back from last year. They are going to be really good. So we're going to find out what we're made of right away. And, and then to turn around the next week and play at Elida, who's got everybody back from last year. That's, that's going to be another barn burner. And then, you know, another road game is Crestview and it's never easy to win at Crestview. It's just yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting couple games there. That first five games is gonna is gonna be a tone setter. I mean, there's no doubt we need to you know prepare ourselves. Um, but the neat thing about that is that's gonna prepare us for the rest of the year. So, you know, we look at it as as a great challenge, but also a great opportunity to get better.
0: One of the teams that a lot of people talk about you know, year in year out, obviously is Crestview. When you look at the Northwest Conference, I mean, you almost hit an NWC eliminator in your first two weeks right out of the gate that can really kind of set the tone for how the league is going to go the entire year.
1: Well, that was the case last year, you know, when they came over to our place and and we, we beat them with a, with a layup at the end, you know, at the buzzer kind of, and that kind of set the tone. You know, I remember thinking after that game, like, wow, we've, kind of put ourselves in a really good position here with that win. And it'll be no different this year. I mean, they, they're going to be very good. It's going to be at their place. They've got a really good player in the middle red sheets and got a nice supporting cast of guys around him that played last year and have some experience. So yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a tough one. And, and uh, you know, hopefully those, those early games at St. Henry and, uh, and, and Adelaida, help prepare us for that moment.
0: How good did that window feel? I mean, the fact that you are able to do that after you suffered the heartbreak in their place the year before you guys hadn't won in five or six years against them. And just even going back to the last time you had beaten them where that was a two point game of, Hey, finally we're coming out on the right end of one of these.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was good to get a win, but you know, each year is different. Each, each team that you have is different. Um, you know, so for, for that game, I mean, it was or for that last year, it was just that game we knew was probably going to play a huge role in who won the conference, and it did. So I'm just, I'm just glad that we came out on top. That was a, that was a fun atmosphere too, and a lot of people there. Um, you know, that was kind of like the marquee game of that weekend. It was neat.
0: I thought it kind of felt like a game in the old closet because it was one of those where it was packed everybody you know and everybody they know is there and it was those kind of games that every single shot every rebound every loose ball just mattered a little bit more
1: yeah and then, and again that's that's the kind of game you want to play in that's that's how you test yourself that's that's how you find out what you're made of that's how you find out you know if if what you're doing in practice and the culture that you're building is is the right thing and it's working and it's real. That's how you find out. You don't, you don't find out in a blowout. You find out in a tight game against a really good team with a lot on the line. And you know, there's that's, like I said, that's, that's what we want to be. That's who we want to, that's the kind of game we want to play in.
0: Uh, You mentioned it a little bit, but I, I am always amused with Nate being able to do your games that you make yourself and make the kids so accessible uh, what was it about that group that was so much fun last year with, I mean, they would show up and wear a cowboy hat in their post-game interview. I, I kind of thought maybe your kids weren't all there.
1: <laughs> you know, I, I honestly have no clue how that started. I mean, so one of our, our JV players last year wore a cowboy hat to, to the game. You know, he's a farm kid. That's just what he did. He wore a hat and everybody, you know, everybody's you know, kind of, Hey, nice hat. When he walked in, no big deal. And he left it in the locker room and I don't even know where it came from, but I guess when somebody got player of the game, they, somebody dared him to wear the cowboy hat up there and it just kind of stuck. So every time somebody got player of the game and got interviewed with Nate, they were supposed to wear the cowboy hat. So and they told me that he wanted me to wear it if, you know, if we won the conference. And I said, if we win the conference, I'll be glad to come up and wear that hat and, you know, do the interviews. So it was a neat thing.
0: But It, it is weird, though, because every team has something little like that that's sort of a, a rallying thing or a thing that brings them a little closer together, not just as, you know, players and coaches you're in, year out, day in, day out, but also kind of as human beings and it kind of puts you on the same level.
1: Well, I, I think one of the, one of the things that happens is when you are, you know, building a team and building a, a team environment and a, and a, you know, a culture that people want to be a part of, um, you know, you, you kind of grow together and you, and you, you spend so much darn time together that, you know, you just start knowing each other and quirks start to show, you know, and, and that's, I think that's a neat thing. That's, that's a cool thing about being a part of a team part of something that's a little bit bigger than yourself is that, you know, you start to get to know people's quirks and people's tendencies and, you know, you have fun with it. And and I guess that's what they did and it's stuck. And I don't know that we're going to do that this year. We might have to find something new this year.
0: Well, Hey, if it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, when you look I at the guess. NWC this year, uh, obviously you guys in Crestview are teams that a lot of people will put out as their target how do you kind of see where you guys fit into the NWC this year?
1: Well, I know Crestview is and rightfully so. They're one of the teams that everybody always looks at. Um, but Bluffton's going to be outstanding. I mean, they've got an entire roster back from last year that is that they were really good last year. They're going to be really good again. Um, so, yeah, it's it's going to be a tough league. There's no doubt about it. Um but I feel like we're right there with those top teams. Um, it's just going to be a matter of, you know, who continues to get better and who stays healthy and, you know, who gets a few lucky bounces here and there. And and uh, we'll see how it shakes out. But I'm looking forward to, to getting it rolling here soon.
0: I always tell every uh, coach jokingly, hey, good luck unless you play Spencerville. But I truly mean this. Good luck to you in every game.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that.
0: It's the one time that that works out.
1: That's right. That's right. We'll take it.
0: That's Kevin Sensiball, the head coach at Spencerville. We've got some more of the Northwest Conference here in just a couple of minutes. Talking blue and gold of the Lincoln V. Lancers now with the 11th year head coach and Brett Hammonds. Uh, has it sank into you? I mean, that you've been there. You've coached almost 300 games.
2: Tell you what, it's it goes fast. I mean, to think I've been here 11 years going into my my uh twelfth, I believe, as a head coach. I mean, it's it's went extremely fast. I mean, usually the years we've had some good, we've had some bad, but the seasons usually fly past and to think I'm one of the longest tenured Northwest Conference coaches is is crazy to me.
0: Yeah, uh you're halfway to Kevin though.
2: I am. I am. He's been in a lot longer than me and and, and does a really good job, so
0: I like to remind him of that whenever I get a chance that uh, I was, I was young enough that he was playing in high school when I was in middle school. Uh, Actually, I think I might've been late elementary and that I was watching him kick field goals uh, on the football team. And then he just kind of says, I don't think you're funny. And that's pretty much the end of that bit. Uh, With that, it kind of the way that last year went, I mean, you guys going two and one, it struggled. You were in a lot of games, just, didn't have the maybe the punch that you had had in other years to get over those humps, does that make those years a little bit longer? Or I know you as kind of an optimistic guy, are you able to look at that and go, okay, if we're in this scenario again, did I learn something that maybe I could tell them that next time maybe we can pull one of those close games out?
2: Uh, Yeah, I mean, there were some games we were close in and then games were obviously we got to put to us and got put in running clock. But, you know, I thought we competed. You know, that's the main thing. And, you know, I've talked with other coaches because we've been, you know, pretty successful with our records, you know, usually staying around 500. And, you know, when you have a group that goes 2-21, and it's how do you motivate these kids, you know, to get them to believe and give ourselves a chance going into the next game. I mean, so I think that's something we learned. Um, from last year and, you know, giving them confidence that we are close in some of those games and how this off season we got to use to get better. It might give us a chance to win those and those sort of things. So kind of just getting that experience of how to deal with uh, losing more games and trying to convince kids to continue to work hard and continue to get better and, you know, win the little battles and quarters and those sort of things and uh, just try to spin things as positive as we could and, you know, we'll see how this year goes
0: a little bit of the same thing when you start out all at five last year you beat four jennings by 12 Uh, unfortunately you go through that streak of losses before you beat ada by one Uh, the night on michael jordan's birthday by the way february 17th when you beat ada maybe that's a little (laughs) bit of luck um how how big or or how kind of relieving was that win at that point especially being your last game at home that year
2: um, I mean, it was awesome. Um, you know, we were talking right before the national anthem that in our tenure there, we've always won a home game and won in our white uniforms. And, you know, we were down to our last home game and we're sitting there like, you know, we got to get this done. Um, cause we didn't want to be that at first that we never won in front of our home fans. And I think it was just a relief. Um, I mean, the kids had worked so hard and I think we were down 14 at one point, halfway through the third. So to battle back and to be able to find a way to win that game, I think was huge. And it was a relief just to see the smile on the kids faces, you know, cause like you stated, I mean, we're close in so many games and, you know, to finally get over that hump and for them to get a W was, was huge. And I think it, uh, you know, helped us that week and kind of gave them an understanding that we could get the job done if we stuck together and, and did some good things.
0: I think it would have been bad. And I'm glad that I did not do the game only because the whole time I would have been thinking uh, it's last game of the year, Brett can't hold anything back. Uh, because yeah. <laughs> I'm just pretty horrible about things like that.
2: Yeah. I mean, man, we kind of switch what we were doing uh, to try to help ourselves that game. And, you know, luckily we were put the ball in the basket uh, just enough to find a way to pull it out week before that,
0: though, you guys had uh, an experience that I've had twice and have been blessed to be a part of, you got to go to the Hoosier gym and, didn't work out the way that you wanted to get But to what was that experience like because first of all I have to imagine for a head coach it's different in that you have that big court at home and you have to maybe remind the kids we can't run these plays stretch the way we normally do because that court has smaller dimensions.
2: Yeah, and it was a little different. I mean, we kind of tried to refer to it to the stage at Jefferson. How their sidelines are a little smaller and court might just be a little smaller um, to kind of give them perspective of what we might be playing on. And, you know, we were able to to adjust. And, yeah, it's one of the – in my tenure here at Lincoln View, I mean, it was one of the coolest experiences I've ever had. And and I think no matter win or lose at that game, I mean, it was just a joy uh, to be in that gym. And We hung around for a while. Just to soak it all in, um, which was cool. Like we took the kids to the movie theater earlier that week to show them the movie Hoosiers, and about half my players have never seen the movie. So that should be day uh, one. It, I know. Well, I had one of my players ask when they went to when uh, they went to the state finals and played in uh, Hinkle Fieldhouse if that's what we were going to play. <laughs> I'm like, no, it'd be sweet <laughs> if we got the
0: opportunity to do that. The boosters but, really love you, if that's true.
2: I know. Yeah. But so I think they enjoyed the movie and they got to learn a lot about it. when well, we got to go there and, and witness um, the areas where it was, the movie was filmed and those sort of things. It was just cool. Uh, it was a, a great thing to take in. And I think it was a joy for, you know, Coach Vermillion and their team as well and all the fans to just to experience that.
0: It's a different kind of thing, though, because I've asked a handful of coaches about this that. It's a game, obviously, that counts. It's a game on your schedule. It's a game you want to win, all that. But is it, to you, maybe more of like an exhibition game in that you want your players to experience that, and maybe you try to get a couple of kids in that you want to get everybody in, ideally, that maybe you wouldn't have in your normal, say, top nine rotation?
2: Yeah, I mean... You know the game was close for a while, and then Arlington ended up pulling away. But we wanted to get everyone in. I mean, you want everyone to at least, and I think all of our players that got in attempted a shot. Um, it was nice to have our JV play also, and all those guys got in. I mean, just so they could experience it and, and get that opportunity to play on that floor because not everyone does. I mean, one of the guys that helps work there in Knightstown, um, their high school and he said his grandkids are a senior and a sophomore at the school. They've never played there. So even the school in the town uh, hadn't played there and he just wanted his grandkids to get to experience it because it's just such a cool experience.
0: It's like going to a club in middle point. You're so close to it. You just don't do it. Um, Yeah. You know, but everybody else does it when you kind of look back at that experience I mean, that's so cool, though, to be able to do that because not a lot of schools have gotten to do that. But I know they developed a great relationship with teams in Northwest Ohio, and uh, also that they know that doesn't matter where it is, you put the words Northwest Ohio somewhere, they're going to bring a crowd with them.
2: Yeah, and we did. I mean, we got a limited number of tickets, and, you know, and so did Arlington. And, you know, that place was was packed, especially as small as it was. It got loud in there, and, um, no, we enjoyed it. I know the kids enjoyed it. I mean, going back to the game, I mean, we even pulled out the old uniforms that the uh 95, 96 team wore. Those so, old guys like Frank Kill. Ju- yes, yeah, his junior year. Well, when they went to state, those those were the ones we wore and my players obviously like those cuz now obviously these shorts have to be short on these guys, <laughs> instead of down around the knees. So they absolutely loved them and then coach Remillion uh went old school with the sweater vest and his little playbook uh, to act as the coach. So that was a, a cool experience as them as well.
0: I, like I said, I have been there twice and it, it's uh it's an amazing cold water slide the last time, which actually got canceled and moved back a year because of COVID. And then with Fort Loramie there, uh, I know Corey Britton said he, he jumped when they called, they said the word Hoosier. And he was like, I don't care what the next word is. I'm in. Uh I, yes. I'm glad though that they were able to get to do that. You look at this year and it reminds me by the way, if you're gonna liken it to something uh the kids won't necessarily know, but playing in the old Lincoln View gym, which to me I always referred yes. to as the Alamo because it's smaller and it's just weirdly lit. Yes, yeah, that's what it reminded me yeah. of uh this year, you kick off with I'm told it's supposed to be a pretty good Wayne Trace team, and I talked. To Jim Linder and he's he's pretty thrilled about the team that he's got coming back. Hey, you might as well hit the gates in full speed, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, this is the first time we usually play them in the first couple of weeks before it to be our first game, you know, straight out of the gates. Um, it'll be interesting. You know, we played them this summer and obviously what they did last year and the tournament run they made and with everything they're returning. I mean, they're extremely skilled and talented and, you know, we got to be ready to go. And They're probably one of the best teams in our area. Um, So it could be a pretty good measuring stick for us on kind of where we're at. Um, But yeah, to to be able to play them early and to never really have to go against Stoller or Brooks lock off, um, it'll be nice because they're two really skilled players to be able to score a thousand points in three years. And you know, Brooks is going off to college to play at a really good school. So um, they're talented, um, but we got to be ready to go.
0: You've got Cal, Reed, and Creston all coming back as three of your five starters. Obviously, Cal has a great year last year doing a little bit of everything in an all-conference pick. What is this team capable of if they gel right away and you work in kind of the the newcomers that you've got? And I know there's one that's probably near and dear to you more than the others. Everybody matters, (laughs) but I know there's one that probably means a little bit more. If those guys are able to come in and make immediate impacts, what can this team do?
2: Um, you know, I think we got a chance to get better in all honesty, you know, we're switching the way we play. I mean, last year we sat in our zone and, you know, we thought that might give us the best chance to win at times and you know, times it did. And sometimes it didn't, but, you know, we got about eight guards that just want to get after it, you know, so we're going to look, we've been pressing, you know, all preseason to try to get these guys going. We're going to look to sub more and, you know, I think we can do a better job of scoring. You know, we got some guys we told we got to work on shooting from the outside. Yeah, I agree (laughs) um, to me, Um, but like, and we're putting in different offenses and doing things, to create shots for our guys. And, you know, if we can knock down shots, you know, we're not going to be the biggest team out there, but um, we're going to be quick and we just got to battle, you know, every single day. And, you know, we told them the off season was huge and we had the guy's put in a lot of work in the weight room and in the gym. So uh, looking forward to it. on what we can do. We've had some good scrimmages. So um, just preparing, you know, I think the way hopefully we'll be able to shoot it and defend will keep us in some games and give us some chances. So, you know, really looking forward to this this year.
0: Kind of a common theme on this podcast uh, with a lot of these coaches has been about coaching your son. I mean, have you kind of thought of that yet?
2: Um, Yeah, we don't know you know, he'll probably play a little bit of both, uh, JV and varsity. Um, uh, you know, he's been doing some good things. I've actually, you know, when he came into high school now as a freshman, I went and talked with Kevin. I went and talked with Todd Bob. I went and talked with Doug cause they've all coached their kids. You know, how do you treat it in the gym when you get home and those things you do just so I can get an idea of how to be, you know, to be a coach and then be a dad. Um, and not try to carry things over or be too critical of him. And I guess, however I coach him, my assistants want to coach him differently um, <laughs> and those sort of things. But Do you go uh, after him
0: as the dad uh, or the coach then at that point,
2: uh, usually coach, usually as coach. And if I get too hard on him, uh, they'll be there, but you know, he, he listens and, and he does a great job and, um, has a great attitude. So, um, and, and I told him growing up, and I've told all my boys this, you know, wherever they're at, um, it's going to be more pressure on them, I believe, you know, because wherever I put them, you know, it's, well, they're doing this because their dad's a coach, or they're doing this because they're, and those sort of things. And, you know, I just want what's best for them and, and for them to succeed um, on the court and, you know, try to help their teammates out the best they can and be the best. Uh, positive influence on all the guys with their attitude and their effort. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. You know, I'm, I'm excited for it, but uh, time will tell.
0: I thought Kevin and Aaron Elwer had maybe the best piece of advice when I asked him about it. It was, when you walk out of the gym, basketball's over with.
2: Yeah, and that's how it's been for us, you know. And if he wants to talk about anything, we talk about it. But, yeah, as soon as we get in the car to head home, I mean, it's all – nothing really doing with basketball whatsoever unless he wants to and it kind of goes back to being a dad mode then and um, it seems to work out so far through our three scrimmages and our practices so far.
0: I just uh, told those two guys, I said, what I want to hear is each one of your uh, kids in the car say with you, man, my coach I just don't know if that guy's very bright. He just <laughs> He just says things to me like, yeah, yeah no, I agree yeah, yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's a yeah, new thing so we'll i can only uh, imagine though how that that separation has to be in your brain at all times
2: yes that that it does that it does so like i said we'll, we'll find out and see how it goes
0: well i wish you guys the best uh i know i'm gonna see you at some point i don't know when that is i just kind of drop in from here to there but i i'm excited and i i can't say thank you enough for spending some time with me
2: Hey, no problem. I appreciate you wanting to talk with me and sit down and talk about uh, our team this year.
0: That's a look at Lincoln View. We've got more in a couple of minutes. Hanging around the Northwest Conference for just a little bit longer and talking at Delphus Jefferson Basketball with the head coach and at Jordan Jenninghoff, who I say this every year, but is one of the few people on this podcast that make me feel old because I actually did some of his high school games. And now... I feel like you're almost well-tenured at Jefferson.
3: Yeah. It, it doesn't feel like this is year number eight uh, for me. Um, I can remember starting back in 2016, 2017 season. Um, and yeah, it just, it, it's flown by. Um, we've had some, we've had some pretty solid seasons. We've had a little bit lower seasons, but yeah, I, I enjoy, enjoy coaching. I enjoy being around the kids and being being in the gym and helping them get better as both athletes and um, young, young men. So excited to get your number eight started.
0: Well, it's kind of funny because Kevin sensible is the other one. And I just talked to him recently and he's in year 22 now. Uh, So that that's a whole other thing, but he said, I made him feel old. So I think that kind of evens out. (laughs) Uh, When you look at Kevin, obviously his team has been good the last couple of years. He's got his two sons in a terrific starting lineup. Would that be, if you're pointing to the Northwest Conference, where you would kind of start if you're going top to bottom?
3: Oh, absolutely. Um, Yeah, even though he lost two really good guards last year with Henline and uh, Smith, um, they returned returned quite quite a few great players and obviously bringing in um, his younger son to probably take over for Dylan Smith. I would assume, um, yeah, I would start there. And then right below them, I would obviously put Crestview because they'll, even though, again, they lost the senior class, they're going to be kind of probably reloading a little bit with uh, what they have. And then I think Bluffton and Grove, probably right there at the top um, for the NWC. But yeah, those those four will be tough. Um, it would be interesting to see this year how those four kind of, shake out but then hopefully i mean we we lost a lot from our team last year and um we're we're going to try to find some younger pieces to plug in so hopefully we can be near the top um but we we've, we've got some growing up and mas- maturing to do for some of those younger players that haven't gotten too many varsity experience yet
0: and that was going to be kind of my question your two guys that start every game last year and Levi Rody and Trent Teeman they combined for 20 points a game over 10 rebounds and about five assists a game. Uh, when you look at kind of having only three seniors this year, uh, who does that that job sort of go to? Who's the, the big – is it Carter Agner where he has to step up as a junior and sort of take over that you guys get on my back roll?
3: Yeah, yeah, and um, Carter, we kind of talked to him at the end of last year because we knew we lost six good seniors. It was a good class. They are very cohesive, and – um, they just wanted to win, um, and you could tell that. So, losing a class like that, where you have six of them, um, you kind of looked at how were we going to have that leadership when we knew our senior class wasn't going to be as big and maybe as athletic as before. But yeah, Carter, he's had a he had a great offseason. season. Um, him and Isaac Gallmeyer are, are our two returning starters that we're probably going to lean a lot more heavily on those two. Whereas last year we were very balanced, like you said, we had. We had guys that averaged seven, eight, nine, and then up at up at twelve. So we were very balanced last year. This year, we'll probably do a little things, a little bit different, to make sure Carter's getting the ball and Isaac's getting his shots. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll have to hopefully get them those two guys' shots, and then like I said, other guys kind of getting their roles figured out and how they're going to best help us.
0: You guys go twelve and twelve last year. You take your two seasons before and add the win totals of six and six. Uh, When you look at your schedule this year, you have uh, five of your first seven at home, uh, and you've got heavy hitters on that schedule. You start out in just a couple of weeks at Wapaw Canetta. I mean, there's no rest for you on your schedule because the places you have to go, uh, even having all those home games, I mean, you guys go to Salina, not an easy place to win, Crestview, uh, Lincolnview, LCC. uh, You just kind of ever look at your schedule and go, can we just get an easy night, like near the end, so we get some <laughs> confidence and then work from there?
3: Yeah, I mean, we've we've thought about that as a coaching staff and talking to AD about what's best. But at the end of the day, I think, um, and there's a lot of coaches. I think Coach Sensball too. We've talked, me and him have talked before about just playing tough competition. And yeah, there's there might be years where you may not compete as much against some of those teams, but when you have a good class or a good group of kids that want to compete and are very good competitors that they'll probably end up getting some of those wins when you may not feel you, you are as big of a school or as uh, skilled as them. But yeah, I mean, like you said, that December month, we usually, we usually get off to a a big, a big start with Walt and like you said, Salina, and we throw in Bluffton as a conference opponent in there too. And yeah, it's usually tough, but, We'll we'll get um we'll get our guys ready and I like our energy that our guys have right now. So we'll see what happens December first against Walpaw.
0: It's also nice that you guys are pretty much adopting uh, the old school NWC. I mean you've got Perry in there, you get Paulding in there. Next year obviously with Lipsick. Uh you know, that's nice that you're still uh and even LCC sort of yes and no with the way that things have worked out with them, but that's nice that you're staying close to home with, you know, teams you've traditionally played.
3: Yeah, for sure. Um like Perry we've I think we got them on schedule for Delvis Jefferson back when I was in high school um I think it was like 2008 9 10 around there um and we've had them on the schedule ever since and that was back when um coach Taylor first took over Perry and um always obviously loved playing Perry with coach Taylor and now we have Elite on the schedule with coach Taylor and yeah we've we've got a tough schedule but like I said I I try to instill in our kids just being competitors and being tough and um yeah, it might it might be nice to have one or two maybe easier type games, but I, I like I like our schedule where we're at.
0: I know your answer is Wapak because that's your first game, but when you are able to to just sort of uh, skim the the uh, schedule, you have that big uh, travel night where Delphi St. John's has to make the trek across town in December, and then after you play away for what seems like the entire month of February, you get Spencerville at home to wrap up the regular season. Uh, those kind of games, because they're big rivalry games within town, and you know that that team down uh, sixty six. Are you more hyped for those games, or are the kids more hyped because of just kind of where they're at in the season? You get that one big one early and the one late.
3: Yeah, um, like like I said, I'm, I'm a huge competitor. I've kind of always been that way, and hopefully, I think I'm I might be a little bit more competitive during those games um as since their rivals but I try to instill that competitive kind of spirit in our kids and hopefully they're kind of as amped up as I am but um yeah we've got we've got a lot of good good teams good opponents like i said Walpole with the ta- ta- talent they have coming back obviously St. John's with Cam and with the talent they have coming back and then at the end of the year you got uh the two sensible boys and the talent Kevin has all all around him. Um, Yeah, we've we'll have our work cut out for us, but hopefully our 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 guys are ready on those Friday and Saturday nights.
0: I joke about that, but I mean some games, uh, whether people want to admit it. So I I joke about that, but some of these games, you know, do actually kind of mean a little bit more just because they're uh, those atmospheres. I mean, with those in town and in close rivals, those games are just fun. I think because the community gets into it, and it's sort of a different thing and. You know, not as a disrespect, but you guys don't have the history with say Ayersville or Waynesfield Goshen that you do with St. John's and with the Bearcats.
3: No, yeah, yeah. Those Ayersville and Waynesfield don't have that, like you said, they don't have that kind of history that that maybe, like you said, a rivalry kind of aspect to it. Um, but yeah, those when St. John's comes to the stage this year, it'll it'll be a different atmosphere because last year um, going to the Vatican for the very first time, I think. I think it was the first game in maybe 50 years. I think Jefferson and St. John's played way back when. Um, but, yeah, that was the first time we went to the Vatican. Um, it was a great atmosphere, even though the game didn't go very well for us. Um, it was a great atmosphere, and I think the the town of Delphus um, benefited from that night.
0: Well, as I tell everyone, uh, I actually the only person I can tell the opposite is Kevin. Uh, I wish you all the luck in the world except for when you play Spencerville. yeah yeah (laughs) i totally understand i just i can't go 100 percent to a wildcat you know growing up in the (laughs) bill it just it's not a thing no and they and i don't think you would expect it but uh, i i thank you so much for uh, for spending some time and talking about your club
3: no problem i love love having love talking hoops love love being on love doing this um it's that time of year where coaches get those interviews and go to places to talk about their team and uh, it gets me a little bit more amped up and excited for December.
0: That's a look at the Delphi's Jefferson Wildcats. And Jordan Jettinghoff we've got more here in just a few. Allen East basketball on a tap now as head coach of the Mustangs. And uh, I have nothing witty to say here at this point in Gabe Young. I was going to make a joke. We were uh, talking about names and uh, entomology of syllables before we came on, but I didn't have anything fancy. Gabe Young is the most beautiful name because of its simplicity so congrats to your parents for that i
4: guess <laughs> thanks appreciate it i'll let them know <laughs> just,
0: it's just easy to spell too but uh you've got a lot of juniors on your team you got a couple of us or you have what two seniors and uh you've got a team that a lot of people feel like is maybe a sleeper this year in the nwc is, is that accurate
4: i think so i think uh we lost five really, really good seniors last year. Uh, four of them were starters for us. Um, so we've got guys that, uh, that came off the bench a little bit for us last year, um, played some minutes, but not a ton, I shouldn't say. So we got, we got guys that can play, um, guys that are pretty basketball smart. Um, Sleeper. I don't know if I put us in the sleeper category or not. It, it's it's too early to tell, I think, right now, whether we're that team or not. But I'm glad people are at least thinking about us. That's a plus.
0: Look, I tried to lead with the nicest things that people have said. Okay, <laughs> I'm trying to pump up your program here. Back-to-back 14-win <laughs> seasons. Uh Last year, though, ends with about as much of a heartbreaker as you can get. A regular season, you had won in overtime by beating Upper Soda Valley right around Christmas but in February that game with Bluffton, how many years did that take off your life of going to double overtime and they're able to pull away at the end, but you guys had chances in regulation and in the first overtime.
4: It took, it took a, I definitely got more gray hairs for that. There's no doubt about it. Um That game was a heartbreaker for us. Um Bluffton's kind of our, one of our rivals, you know, close school. We know a lot of the kids, kids know us. Um, me and Todd are coaching friends. You know, we talk a lot here and there, but, um, so that game was, that game was super tough and it's, it's even hard to go back and watch. I think I went back and I watched it one time and I'll probably never go back and watch that one again. Um, we had a shot at the buzzer that the end, the first overtime that was in and out, um, but the big strain there was when our, our point guard fouled out of the game and, uh, that was huge for us, um, Carson carries a huge load for us every game. We ask him to do a lot. Um, but when he fell out, kind of took the wins out of our sail for sure.
0: And it's kind of a crazy thing because I talked to a couple of coaches and they say that losing those kind of games are the hardest on a coach, not because necessarily of the loss, but because you talked about losing five seniors at that moment in double overtime when the clock hits zero, you're on the wrong side of the scoreboard that's the last moment that you're going to have those kids out together on that floor. And then you have the unenviable task of having to go into the locker room and try to find something to have them pick their heads up.
4: Yeah, that was a, I want to be honest with you. That was a five minute um, silence in our locker room. Once we got back in Um, players, coaches, kind of everybody knowing that that was the last time that those guys were going to step on the floor and that's the way they ended their uh, high school career at Allen East. Um, And then once we did start talking, of course the emotions start flowing and you realize that it's the last time you're going to see those kids in Allen East blue and white uniform. And it kind of all hits you kind of all at one time, but uh, you know, hopefully we kind of put that in the younger guys that, Hey, you know, we don't want to have this feeling, you know, where we come in here and we play really, really well, and we just don't – we're not just not on the right side of things there at the end of the game, but um, kind of use that as motivation going into this year for sure.
0: Is that the hardest thing that people don't understand about coaches? Because, I mean, they look at wins and losses, and, you know, yeah, you're good, you won the first game, boo, you're bad, you lost the second, or whatever it is that they just don't understand of – you know, that week of practice going in, not knowing, is this going to be the last time I have this group in our gym? And then with the tournament, with losing of, you don't understand what this does, what kind of toll that has of, that was the last time I'm going to have that group together competitively.
4: Yeah, I think it's something that a lot of people don't understand unless you've been there. Um, As a coach and, you know, Every year, you know you're going to lose seniors, and you know it's it's inevitable; it's going to happen. And the next year, you're going to try to rebuild, and you're going to lose kids again. But the last week of practice, you know, you don't ever want it to be your last week. But um, but you're kind of going in with the mindset of this could be the last time that these kids step on the floor. Um, and in that Bluffton game, you know, started the fourth quarter, I didn't think it was going to be. Um, you know, we were in; we kind of had a commanding lead there in the fourth. You know, we were up. Eleven twelve, you know, going into that quarter, we just hold on, um Bluffton made a run at us, and uh we just couldn't stop it um for whatever reason they hit shots and they did things the right way, and we just could never get back in it then but um but yeah, that's the toughest thing as a coach that I'll say wins and losses they come and go, but losing kids every year is uh is always a tough part of things. There's some kids that have done so much for your program in four years that uh you hate to see him go um it's nice we still get those kids back in the gym like they come to our open gyms in the summer and they still play um we ask them to come back like an alumni type game against our varsity guys so we still get those kids back in the gym and it is nice to see him on occasion uh, we have a couple of them you know one kid's playing football at ONU, and uh, you jacob hershberger so you know we get to go over there and see him um do his thing in another sport so it is nice. You get those that kind of camaraderie and that family. And it's nice to get those guys back in the gym. But nothing nothing will hurt you more as a coach than the senior seniors walk out the last time.
0: With your current group, when you hit the uh, floor, you get uh, kind of hit the ground running with Ridgemont and then going to LCC. But then you kind of put the brakes on because of the oddity in that you don't play again for nine days until that next Sunday when you play Lyman Senior or play at Lyman Senior, rather, uh, when you play Thurgood Marshall. How important was that for you, even despite the fact that maybe you had to give up a Friday or a Saturday game uh, of doing something else non-conference, to be able to play and put your kids in an atmosphere like that one at Lima Senior that Q puts out?
4: That is a great atmosphere. Like, I would play in that every year if we can. Um, It's something that our kids look forward to playing. We get to play against a team that we would probably, nine times out of ten, never schedule. I mean, let's be honest, we're probably not going to put a D1 or D2 team on our schedule. Um, But we get to go do that and go play a team like that. Um, Two years ago, we did it. Uh, We played Middletown up there. And it was a great experience for our kids, our coaches, our fans to go up there. And uh, it's, it's it's a fun atmosphere. Coach Q does a great job in running that thing. And you get to see really good basketball all weekend long on Saturday and Sunday. So we look forward to it. Um, I was a little disappointed we didn't play in it last year, but we got back in it this year, and, uh, yeah, we're excited to play in it again for sure.
0: You've got a massive non-conference schedule that you guys have ramped up. I mean, Emmanuel Christian, and uh, you've got Liberty Benton, all in that group, and that's just two of the insanity of what you've put on your schedule, not even counting teams like WAPOC. Uh, theory behind that is that we want to get ourselves in the best spot to be ready for the playoffs. We obviously want to win as many games in the regular season, but we want to be that team at the end of February that's trending in the right direction and have been battle tested.
4: That's exactly the reason why we do that. Um, we did. We looked at our schedule and there were some games on there that weren't as competitive as maybe they used to be um, with the kids that we have coming through the program here in the next few years. So we wanted to add, you know, more top tier teams. You know, we added Liberty Benton, we added Walplock, uh, we got LCC, but now LCC is coming in the league. Um, we added Emmanuel Christian this year. Uh, we're going to continue to add those kind of non-conference games. Plus, our league is so tough. Um, you, you, when you have to go up and play a, a Spencerville, a Crestview, a Bluffton, um, those teams that have been really good the last couple of years, you know, we need the games non-conference to get us ready to play in our conference. Even, um, but biggest thing is wins and losses during the season. But we want to we want to push forward. You know, sectional district. Um, is kind of where we want to look forward to towards the end of the year.
0: Well, I uh, really hope that not only the sleeper roll comes, but uh, you guys wake up and uh, do a lot of damage throughout the course of the year.
4: You know, I'd love to see it. I hope we do. Um, I think we got the kids to do it. Um, We have a very hungry bunch. Like I said, they're a young group uh, with only two seniors this year, but uh, I think they're capable of doing some good things this year for sure.
0: That's Coach Gabe Young talking about Mustang basketball. Starting with the A's, because that's how the alphabet works, with the head coach and Vince Howdy the Ada Boys program. It is third year. Uh, first of all, big year for you guys last year compared to your first year. You get 10 wins. Last year, you go 4-19 the first year. But you're going to have a very young team with losing uh, Carter Conley, an honorable mention pick in the league. How are you feeling uh, as we get close to the season?
5: I feel good right now. Obviously we're only about a, you know, a week and a half into this, but it's just a, it's a completely new group. I graduated nine seniors last year and uh, we're going to probably go start two freshmen, uh, two sophomores. I think generally speaking, we're going to be more athletic than we have been the last couple of years. And we're going to have. I mean, I played like six guys, a bunch, and I really think that I can play uh, 10 to 11 guys this year. So that just makes uh, makes things a little bit more exciting.
0: With your switch, obviously having spent a long time at Lyman Senior coaching girls basketball to now uh, flipping over to the boys, there are a lot of coaches that say it's a huge adjustment, not only for the kids of, you know, hey, what's this girls coach know telling us about basketball? Have you found kind of that, that run that you kind of are in your zone of, okay, this worked a little bit. I can take a little bit of this from Lima senior. Maybe this didn't work so much and have sort of worked it into how you are going into this year.
5: Uh, yeah. I mean, I just coach basketball. You know what I mean? And, and I, I kind of coached the girls, uh, how I coach basketball. I had, you know, I had assistant coaches that kind of dealt with quote unquote, Girl drama, and obviously, when you're coaching boys, you don't necessarily have girl drama, but you do maybe have, you know, some different things that you, you got to deal drama, with. And obviously, it's just
0: a whole other thing.
5: <laughs> yeah, sure, but it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just different that way. And I, and I've kind of always, I always kind of coached hard, and and even the girls understood back then that with me and my time, it was about basketball and let other people deal with some of that other stuff. And I coach these guys, I've I've had no pushback from the guys in Ada at all. Um, I think they appreciate the fact that I want to be there. You know, I chose to come there. They had a lot of turnover prior to me. And now that I've kind of established that I want to be there, I want to continue to try to build something. Uh, now with this young group, uh, I don't really have any issues as far as that goes, but as ba- far as basketball goes, I'm not a guy that says, this is my system. This is what we're going to run. I try to build something based on the personnel and the talent that I have. And obviously uh, that's a little bit different from what I had at senior high compared to what I have now in Ada.
0: When you came into this program, they haven't had a non-losing season in the conference since 14-15. They haven't had a winning season in the conference since eleven twelve. Are you able to to kind of look at those things in a long view and, and wonder if, you know, maybe this kid buys into that or whatever? Or are you able to just kind of rah rah and get them to, you know, none of that helps or hurts us this year?
5: Yeah. I mean, obviously, the, 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 it has been really good. They've had some really good years in both football and basketball. And it, it's kind of been in a downturn. Um, over the last several years of both sports and uh, Toby Smith's a friend of mine. He's a football coach and we're kind of older guys who've been around a little bit. And uh, we know what, success looks like we know what winning looks like and we know what kind of work that needs to be put in we're working really hard and trying to change uh maybe the culture a little bit in ada that way um especially uh things of of, of buying into being tougher and being stronger and getting guys into the weight room and building uh that aspect up of of our athletes that we share uh there at ada and um so far it's been it's been a slow process but again when I inherited the program two years ago, I had eight juniors. Last year, I graduated nine seniors. So I really feel like now with this really young group and most of these guys being two or three sport athletes, um, we're, we're changing that mindset of needing to be stronger, needing to be tougher and, and, and working in the weight room and, and doing that uh, in a year-long process, which is only going to help us be successful uh, down the road.
0: Five of your first six games are at home. You obviously go to Macomb. You've got two back-to-backs in your first three weeks. How much do you think that's going to help this young group of, one, being able to play at home in front of their friends and all of their family, and two, being able to be uh, tested against some very good teams earlier on for later when you have to just get on the bus every night?
5: Yeah, I mean, I think being being at home gives you a little bit of comfort level. Um, The back-to-back thing I think will help having depth uh this year with with the idea of playing 10 11 guys every night um uh, being a little bit uh a little bit more aggressive defensively maybe being able to extend the defense beyond you know the quarter court we could get to half court three quarters court full court type things um and having that depth when you know in the past when you're only playing six guys you're playing back to back that second night was was really tough and i think uh this year we actually have a few less back-to-backs i believe last year 20 of our 22 games were part of back-to-backs and i think this year it's down to 14. so uh i think that'll help and having the depth and having younger legs will obviously help as well
0: when you uh scout the nwc who do you see near the top this year
5: well i think spencerville is the team to beat until somebody beats them uh, i expect that uh um, I expected them to be very good i know they got some guys back i know they got some young guys coming in um and then uh you know bluffton will obviously i would assume that they'd be up there as well um crest you lost some pieces but i also feel like they had some of the lower levels uh, but I would think that, you know, again, until someone knocks Spencer for loss, as far as I'm concerned, they're the team to beat. And I, I mean, for me personally and us, I haven't won a league game yet in two years. So this is our last year in the league. So I sure would like to get one to start with and see if we can build from there.
0: I mean, I wasn't going to bring that up, first of all. Um,
5: well, I, I did. Nice. It's fine. I own it. <laughs> I own it. No problem.
0: Oh, I, the answer, obviously, is the next game. Uh, you're talking about Ridgemont. But. Do you have a game that jumps out to you for whatever reason that you just absolutely cannot wait for
5: no I'm, i i don't know I don't i I thought of how i think i'm I'm we didn't have i'll be honest we didn't have a great practice tonight and i'm I'm just looking my focus will be on making sure that tomorrow's practice is better than today's, and we got a scrimmage on friday night and and you know we try to get better every day and I know that's kind of coach speak, but I can't look. That far into the future, as far as our, you know, our schedule goes, we're so young and I just need us to get better and set the mindset of what we want on Friday and Saturday nights. When those games do count for real.
0: Well, I appreciate you as always.
5: Yeah, absolutely, man. Any, any time. And hopefully uh, you can make it to Ada or your, or Ada will be in the gym that you're covering one night. And hopefully we put on a good performance for you.
0: It's very possible. That is a mentality talking (laughs) about the Ada boys basketball program. We've got more coaches coming up here in just a few. Making a trek out to Convoy now, talking about Crestview Knights basketball. And if you look at the Crestview Knights and kind of the way that they've gone in the last couple of years, that you guys have been off to a great start, Coach, and you've got a lot to sort of figure out this year with losing seven seniors. But I'm pretty sure the rest of the league doesn't feel bad for you because you have one of the best players in the conference and in the area in Ren Sheets coming back. And that sounds like that's a heck of a way to start.
6: It definitely is having a uh, rim with two years or a year and a half of varsity experience. And last year was a, a very, very good post player for us and really complimented our guards. Well, uh, I believe he shot like 73% from the field overall last year. And he, he just did a, a tremendous job defensively of securing things inside for us, rebounding and, you know, really, really lucky to have him back this year with, with the seniors that we lost and hoping he can and provide a little bit of leadership for us
0: and you bring in a, a handful of new players, uh, juniors and sophomores, uh, Tommy and Evan, in that list, being your juniors. Uh, what, coming out of the gate, can you realistically expect with that young group trying to blend themselves in?
6: Well, this looking at our lineup, I know uh, everybody's going to look at what we lost, and we had a, a really good senior group last year, but I, I have a, a group of seniors this year uh, with Connor Sheets, Uh, Jarrett Harding and Kellen Putman that were a big part of our rotation last year. And they were more of a complimentary role type player for us last year. And we're going to ask them to be more of the main role this year, but they are guys that have been very successful in our program at the JV level last year, they taste. Some playing time at the varsity level were a big part of of coming off the bench for us and keeping things the same and not letting things fall back. Now we're just asking them to take a step up. So I I think people are going to be a little bit surprised with how good those three guys are. They, they were just behind another senior class last year. That, that had a lot of good players in it also. And I think maybe on some other teams, they probably would have been a a main role type player for them versus for us a little bit more complimentary. So I think they're going to be a little bit better than what people think. At least I'm hoping so. And then we're throwing in a couple of uh, uh, juniors this year that, played at the JV level last year as sophomores and our, 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 JV won the league last year. So they had a great season. Now we're asking them to do it at the varsity level. And sometimes that takes a little bit of time to, to, you know, get used to those roles and playing at the speed and physicality that you had to play at the varsity level. But we had a great summer. So we're hoping that can translate over into the early part of the year, but we do have a very challenging schedule to start the to year too.
0: Three of your six tournament wins last year, are six points or less, including the state semifinal win over Highland. You've got that double overtime game Any light in the district that I know Keith Uddorf is probably not over yet. And then the game in Marion Local in BG, that had its own crazy ending. You've been around basketball a long time. Can you remember a six and then obviously the state championship game, seven-game stretch where you've got such a dichotomy because score-wise, I I know it didn't happen on the floor, Mm -hmm. but – Score-wise, you were able to win three games by nine or more, but then you had those three games happen of if one or two shots go a different way, we're going home early.
6: Yeah, you know, we you know, say you – you hope luck is on your side in situations like that. And last year we were very fortunate. We had we had a group of guys that never quit battling last year. That was one thing. You know, sometimes when you get behind you put your head down. Our guys weren't those type of players last year. But we knew going into the tournament with our sectional district teams that we were gonna play, we were gonna have to play extremely well. And then you hope in the fourth quarter, you give yourself a chance to win the games. But we knew Delta St. John's was going to be a very good team. We played during the season. They beat us during the season. We knew it was going to be a tough battle. We were lucky enough to have both Kaleida and Ottaville at home last year during the season where we played on our home court it's going to be tougher when we play on, you know, a a neutral floor. And obviously Audeville gave us everything, everything they had. And we were fortunate enough to get it, get out of there. And then anytime you get to the regional level, you're going to play a a team like Marion local. Um, Hopefully not every team has a six, eight, you know, six, nine guy, but we knew that they were going to be very good. They play in the Mac to go through the schedule that they have. We were going to have to be very sharp to, uh, to compete with them. And then hopefully, like you said, get to the fourth quarter and have a chance to win. We were very fortunate that their shots didn't fall. Maybe the turnovers went our way, you know, call here or there, that went our way. Uh, we, we were very fortunate and you know, you, you don't know if that's going to happen every night, but we had a group of guys that didn't quit battling, And I'm proud of that for, for the way they stuck with it. When we got down by 10 against Ottawa going in the fourth quarter, we were down seven uh, going in the fourth quarter against Marion local. They didn't quit. They didn't hang their heads. They took it one position possession at a time. And, and fortunately we were very fortunate that it worked out for us. And I hope that gives our young guys or you know, we have some seniors that went through it last year and guys that were a part of our tournament team, that they are understanding that hey, it's not over till that final horn sounds. And you got to keep battling every possession and, and, keep grinding and give yourself a chance to win. Hopefully late down the stretch.
0: I'm really curious to know this from your side, because I got a lot of uh, yes to this question. When you were at a state championship game and it's that Sunday and you've kind of, you've built, obviously you beat Berlin Highland a couple of days early. You get that day in between. Did you get a sense or of the players that maybe it, it seemed like a lot of Ohio was rooting for you guys to beat Richmond Heights because of all the the rigmarole and all the things surrounding that, which I'm not really asking, but. That maybe people who weren't necessarily Crestview fans at least for that day were Crestview fans
6: yeah i I think that happens uh, uh, Richmond Heights can take nothing away i i just watching them on film and then watching them warm up. I mean they play extremely hard and they're extremely gifted i mean they they got guys that can do things that most Division four high school players don't. You know, you get one of them. That's great, but to have a team of them. So I I think the underdog role, when you get to a state tournament, you're playing against a team that on paper is going to beat you 10 out of 10 times. So I I think that the neutral fan kind of leans towards sometimes the, the underdog type of team. And uh, that's what I kept telling our guys. I do think if you can get this to the fourth quarter, which obviously we didn't, but if you can get it to the fourth quarter and it's close, I think the entire gym pretty much is going to be cheering for you. And if, if we can get that going on our side, you, you maybe can have a shot, but obviously we knew going into it. And I remember the day before practicing and talking to my assistant coaches is like, this is a game. We need a month to come up with a game plan that we can put together to be competitive. And, you know, we're not telling our guys, this we're telling them, you know, we do this, this, and this, we got a shot, but we're going to have to be perfect tomorrow to get this done. And we need more time, but here, what can we get done in this hour and a half, two hour timeframe to, to compete with them tomorrow. So, you know, obviously fortunate that we didn't have to play them until the state final game, but it it was an uphill battle. And we knew if we could keep it close, we probably would have a lot of underdog cheering people on our side. If we could get to that point.
0: This year, you guys have six of your first eight home before you go away, kind of out around the holidays, mm-hmm. but you've got my favorite experience of all time uh, coming up in January. When you go to play Purcell Marion at the Hoosier gym, I've had a couple of coaches talk about that during this experience or about what that experience was about this week on this podcast. But when that opportunity comes to you, I mean, how quick back did you send the message of, yes, of course?
6: Yeah, it was a real quick for me. I'm a a basketball junkie and I grow up. 15 minutes from the state line. So I, I'll be honest when I was younger, when cable TV wasn't a big thing, I, I watched, I, I got all the Indiana games. I couldn't watch a high state games because we couldn't get them broadcasted out in the country where I live. So I don't say I grew up an any fan, but I, I got to watch those teams playing when they were really good with the Isaiah Thomases and, you know, back in the day. So of course, when the movie Hoosiers comes out, it's something I'm going to have a chance to go watch. And I've watched it. I don't know how many times it's neat. I don't say probably even neater for me than it is for our kids. Cause it's, a lot of our kids have never watched the movie Hoosiers. They've never seen that. So that's one thing we're going to do that week. We're going to, you know, we, I've had some parents work together and we're going to go to a movie theater and we're going to watch that as a group. But yeah, I jumped on that right away. And it, it was a fortunate thing. We play Arlington every year and Arlington was invited to the Martin Luther King classic at Fort Laramie. So, Coach Vermillion asked if we could take a year off so they could go play in that, but then we'll pick up the schedule the next year. So, my AD came to me and said, Hey, if I can get us into the Hoosier Gym, do you want to do it? And I was like, Yeah, as quick as you you find somebody, and I am there for sure. So, I am really looking forward to it. And I think our kids, once they see the movie and then get to experience the actual being there and going in the locker rooms and, and just kind of seeing what old time, small town basketball was, was like, I think our kids will really enjoy that experience.
0: Uh, you talked about Jason Vermillion. It's funny because I know I'm not supposed to use the L word, but Brett Hammonds was on here and he talked about Lincolnview going to play last year and how it, kind of the same thing as you. He was more excited than maybe the kids were until he showed them the movie and that they were gonna they would kind of understand it. But everybody that goes there tries to take throwback jerseys. Are you guys gonna do that?
6: Ah, uh, you know what? I haven't even thought about that. We do have some throwback jerseys, but I don't know if our kids would enjoy our throwback jerseys that we have. I, we, when we passed out uniforms, it's interesting how things change. But when I was growing up, going through school, the baggy long shorts was like what everybody wanted. So when you got to that, that was awesome for your uniforms to be like that. Well, our varsity uniforms, my short sizes are actually smaller than my JV and freshmen because those are passed down. So I don't, I don't, it would be interesting if our kids would even enjoy that at all because everything would be so much more baggier than what they're used to. I'm used to the Fab Five area where the longer the better. So I, I don't know what they would, if they would like that or not. So that's something we might have to talk about, but I don't know if they would enjoy that.
0: Well, if you do it, give no credit to Brett and all of the credit to me. It uh, uh, sounds good. <laughs> to everybody else, <laughs> I stole the idea from Corey Britton when Fort Loramie went, but that's not the point. <laughs> Uh, when yeah. you look at the NWC this year obviously you know last year Spencerville got you guys ended up winning the league makes me happy you not so much um is that kind of maybe the the team that you expect this year
6: I, I think Spencerville is going to be very good but I don't think they're the only team as I look across the board Bluffton has a lot back and uh they, they have a player coming back too that I think is going to be very good for them uh I think It'll be interesting with Grove going so far in football that puts them behind a little bit, but they're going to get Bernerser back and their young kids kind of grew up as the year went on last year. They're winning in football, and I think a lot of times that translates over to the next sport. So I think we got to go to Grove, so that's going to be a tough matchup, and we also go to Allen East this year, and I think from a guard standpoint, they have some, some really skilled, tough nosed guards. That'll that'll be very competitive. So I, I think it's going to be balanced. I, this is a year that to me on paper and it might not work out this way, but I don't know if you, it's going to be tough to go undefeated because I think there's a lot of teams that are going to be really close in talent level and who plays well, you know, on that given night, I think there's going to be some matchups that are going to be very interesting and you're going to have to keep an eye on the scoreboard each night. You obviously take care of yourself, but I I think some teams are going to, going to beat each other this year and you could win. You win most of them. Obviously you want to take care of your home games, but I think you could lose one or two games and still have a chance maybe to possibly tie this year with how balanced the league is.
0: Well, I wish you guys the best of luck and uh, enjoy that experience in Indiana.
6: Hey, thank you very much. Looking forward to it, and I uh, appreciate all you do for, for the Northwest Conference and for our young guys. Uh, I always tell everybody, uh, coming from Columbus to back home, I don't think people realize how spoiled we are in this area with the coverage we get until you go somewhere else and you don't get the coverage. But coming back home has been awesome, and I appreciate all the, the media and guys like you do to, to support our athletes. Well, thank you. I appreciate
0: it. That's Doug Etzler, the head coach of the Crestview Knights, here on the show. Thank you so much for listening and uh, staying tuned. I realize that it is a lot of information, but I hope you had at least one or maybe 10 interviews that you uh, really enjoyed in this segment. And in overall, if you've made it the entire way, can't say enough, please uh, again, hit me up on Twitter at Michael Hearn, PVP. Tell me who it was that you enjoyed or maybe who you didn't. Uh, It doesn't matter either way, but I, I appreciate it. And I can't say thank you enough to the 45 coaches who were a part of it. I hope you enjoyed. I hope you get out to some games. Big ones coming up this weekend and all season long. Happy to be out there. If you see me, say hi. And you can always find me behind the mic. Have a great night and an even better tomorrow. And happy Thanksgiving. Here I go. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Around the Hern. Come back next week for more local stories from the NWO. But until then,
1: be sure to follow us on Twitter at Michael Hearn PBP for more great area content.